Games, the podcast where we talk about the games we're touching and the games that touch us. Mm. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. Yeah, we don't number these episodes, so there's no like, and this is episode eight. This is more like, hey, we're back. We're trying to lounge and talk about video games because we didn't write any news. Nope. We haven't done one of these in probably a month or two months at this point. Yeah, Safe Room Plays is one of those things that you can't like, you know, overexert. No. You know what I'm saying? You, you bring it about, you bring it out mm-hmm. once in a rainy day. Yeah. hasn't rained in many days. It's been very hot, in fact. I hate it. Too hot, actually. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweating to death. Taking a lot of showers. They do, they do nothing for me. I'm sweating again. I wake up in the middle of the night and I don't feel good. I feel like on average, I take probably one cold shower a day now just to cool down. Because <laughs> yeah. like no amount of keeping my fan on notch number three or having my window three fourths open helps. Jesus Christ! There's yeah. three notches in this world on this earth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is there a Minecraft three, or is it? It took all three of them oh. to get together to, <laughs> to to make Minecraft. No, I think he he receded from his position before they. He gave up the notch title. Did. <laughs> it's it's moved on to, to some other like the shadow, <laughs> the shadowed <laughs> notch nose. Uh, that was an obscure reference to the yeah. 1995 film The Shadow that nobody knows. As you always do. You're always like one. To like just throw obscure references at me. I'm always thinking about Alec Baldwin and his body of work. You remember when he was in Beetlejuice? I do. Yeah. Yeah, that iconic dinner scene. That's a classic Baldy, if you ask me. <laughs> Which, let me ask you, yeah. as, as somebody who has a IMDb brain as like mm-hmm. long as, as the day. Uh, <laughs> IMDb brain? Yeah, IMDb, IMDb brain. brain. <laughs> Which is the best Baldwin? Uh, across bodies of work and, I guess, general personality. You know what the funny thing about this is? Mm. Is that to choose a baldwin is to know all of their names mm. i don't have that skill set it's like knowing all the scars guard names i can name three baldwins okay alex steven and adam and adam is from firefly mm-hmm. but he was also pro gamergate oh <laughs> yeah well. oddly enough <laughs> oddly enough that's a true thing look that up okay. kids at home if you didn't know which of my favorite firefly actors supported gamergate the answer is adam baldwin <laughs> <laughs> that's a true thing listen <laughs> celebrities and people supporting gamergate it's it's more likely than you think it's it's yeah. true it, 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 and scar joe's next <laughs> <laughs> kevin how do how do we get here i don't know how we got here or what we're doing here but we got to talk about video games we do uh but it's not really like a, a video game news show it's more of like i think we're trying to unravel what it is that video games do to us that's and deep every episode is another addition to that ever-expanding thesis. Mm. What do video games do to you, Daniel? This is about four years, uh, a biography of how video games and us right. are the same. Exactly. Yeah. How have we evolved because of the games? What? How have games evolved? Mm. I actually don't care about that. How have the games <laughs> evolved us, essentially? Mm. Uh, this week, we wanted to talk about that we have spent a lot of time with a PlayStation exclusive called Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, it's, it's good, but we'll save more verdicts for later. It's pretty good. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Pretty good game, actually. Can't wait to talk about that. I think that. the craziest thing, uh, that I learned about that game, and mm. my biggest takeaway is that it's not Shushima, it's what? Shushima. Excuse me? Shushima. Shushima. Yeah. Huh. As pronounced by many characters in the, the hit game. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> of Shashima. No, Shushima. Almost got there. Well, you're getting there. A lot of exciting of fun there, right? Yeah. But, but before we get into that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. before we get into that kind of stuff, before we start, you know, praying at the PlayStation altar, as we are known to do in this program, my mm-hmm. friend, I want to talk about Xbox. Oh, okay. Jump that's, right into it. That's a weird color for us because we're yeah. known as the Sony ponies. Uh huh. Laden's cucks. If they you call will. it Laden's cucks. Yeah. 
<laughs> really? That's, that's actually a new one. Wait, wait, wait. wait. They got the, the kids have been calling us Layden's Cucks? It's actually guys? in our SoundCloud bio. It doesn't even work there anymore. <laughs> Who knows what he's up to? He's probably just chilling or consulting the, for the Lego. Sh- the I don't... Shuhei Suckers? I don't know. <laughs> the, the Shuhei Suckers. Yeah. Okay, I remember that one. Yeah, they do call us that, confirmed. Like, well, 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 well. They had the big old Xbox showcase talking about the games that are going to be coming out near or around mm-hmm. the Xbox Series X launch window mm-hmm. when's that win- holiday 2020 we holiday 2020 we don't have a date mm-hmm. it, it is a war of neither sony or microsoft want to say a fucking date true yeah. i feel like also too they they have their their stock loaded for games that they know are going to hit that holiday window and the rest are kind of up in the air because they're mm-hmm. new acquisitions or projects that are not ready yet yeah you know like they showed a title card for fable they did. And that game won't come out for another 50 years. People were losing their minds over it, too. And I'm just like, they're really? like, it looks so good. And I'm like, you saw a sort of, I don't know, you saw a trailer <laughs> that was not representative of the gameplay at all. I, I'm like, you well, saw a concept. What looks good? Yeah. What looks good? I mean, the name Fable excites people. It doesn't, exci- so it doesn't excite some of our friends, such as <laughs> such as our friend Nick. Yeah, who- I don't understand where this, this Fable grudge came from so the way his order of operation goes is that fable one gets a pass it was fine okay. fable two mm-hmm. is god-awful dog shit which mm-hmm. i don't hear that very often in fact i think fable two is beloved i think it is i think it's oh beloved. i loved fable two People i, love I, fable I can't too. say i played many xbox games or have much of a, a microsoft identity but you totally played fable two but i played shit i remember that fable two i remember hang on i gotta crack there we oh, go should i have got to one fable two Fuck, hold on a second. Oh, he's got to go to beer. <laughs> I beer. Yeah. He's... <laughs> anyway, and then Fable 3, literally nobody remembers it. I don't think it happened, but I do remember John Cleese either narrated it or was in a, a few commercials for it. I'm not 100% sure. Hold on. Do you remember John Cleese? No. He's he's a part of the, I think, the Lonely Island crew? No, 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 no. Oh. Older than that. Older than Lonely Island. What's the one that did Life of Brian? Monty Python. <laughs> you got there eventually. <laughs> there you got there. It's a Fable 2. And... To Lionhead Games. Cheers, guys. I hit your finger this, instead this of is, cheering uh, with the can. This is a clearly an unorthodox episode, but I'm here for it. I thought you were going to say unauthorized. <laughs> and unauthorized. Um, the weird thing about this... Uh, I'm Revan and this is Ban. <laughs> we're doing an unauthorized save room. <laughs> I know there are fables that have been made outside of like the Lionhead like, header. It's it's weird that... What, what's, <laughs> say what's, that again. What's the studio that's making this? Playground Games? Say it again. The Lion's the Head, head, head header. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um yeah this one's coming to us by playground games who's done the forza series which is interesting did you know that halo's no longer in the bungee bungle (laughs) sorry (laughs) go ahead can't get anything done on the show ever (laughs) yeah no longer part of the the bungee bungle uh yeah this is always the first draft is what you're gonna hear we never do a second draft of these episodes the thing is like when we don't write for them the structure is Mm, very nebulous yeah it's fine and we're coming off of like a long week I didn't want to talk about Fable at all. No. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Halo. That was like the only thing that I wanted to talk about from yeah. the Xbox thing. We'll get there. I want to run down oh. some other stuff. I pulled up the showcase oh. list just because it's been two weeks since we did a news episode. And there's some other cool stuff on there. What did Philly got? Philly. So, brief. State of Decay 3. Announced. Cool. Oh, and the trailer looked nothing like State of Decay. No? Like, it was like, here's mutated uh, mooses and whatnot. And then suddenly at the end it was like, by the way, it's State of Decay 3. And I was like, oh. Are those typically not like post-apocalyptic like zombie games? No, they are, but I don't know them for like having zombie animals come at you. It's usually just zombos. I mean, I'm okay with that. I like I'm, when when, hey. when IP like kind of flip it up a little bit, you know, like give me zombie bears and stuff. Right. Resident Evil got bored of itself after a while and they're just <laughs> like, you want a zombie elephant? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they did that. You want witches? Do you we'll want, give it to you. Do you, was there a witch in the new one? Uh, in the new one that's coming up. Uh, yeah, there we go. Okay. Forza. 
Motorsport, cool. It's revealed. fucked up. Uh, Everwild, new trailer. What the fuck is that? Couldn't tell you. Okay. Uh, tell Me Why, which is a new Don't Not entertainment game, mm-hmm. uh, which I imagine is going to be another episodic game. Yes, and the first one's coming out in August, yes. I think. Yeah. Three chapters, pretty cool. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, getting an update uh, via smart delivery, which is pretty cool. Outer Worlds, Peril on Gorgon. We didn't finish Outer Worlds, but no. I think it's cool that they're supporting it more. Not less. Not not less. <laughs> they, could, Actually, they could start taking features from it. We kind of got like an obsidian pocket of news. We yeah. got that. We got their new uh, RPG Grounded, which people seem to really be enjoying. Some beta keys out, one out for it. People More of a survival it. sim. It's like, I heard yeah. it's like Fallout 76, but yeah. with like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kid shit. Yeah, no, you're right. It's more of like a co-op survival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, there was another, so what was it Arrow or Avowed? Avowed, Avowed is the one yes. that's like their first person RPG. Okay, yeah. that one, Which, that could be interesting. Apparently it's set in the world that Pillars of Eternity is set in. So that's oh, got a lot of people excited. Okay, because yes, it yes. makes them Pillars games. Yep. People so, go crazy about Pillars of Eternity. It looks cool. I mean, it looks kind of like, a new sort of Skyrim-y type game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have never played Pillars of Eternity, although we read about it in Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Yes. And that development was pretty interesting. Was that for part two that they were talking about? Like, they yes. had to kickstart some of yep. it? Gotcha. That gotcha. was, like, one of the first stories in the book. Yeah. As does Senua's uh, Saga, Hellblade 2 is going to take place in Iceland, which is pretty interesting. Psychonauts 2. That's got... a green one, right? Yes, that's a green okay, one. Yeah. Psychonauts 2? <laughs> yes. Jack Black did Jack some Black. music for it? Yeah, interesting that they, they baited us with uh, Jack Black with that, instead of doing, like, a new Brutal Legend. Well, he's friends with, uh, what's his face? Tim Schafer? Yeah, Tim Schafer, because yeah. he was in Brutal Legend. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. I want another Brutal Legend. Don't get me wrong. I love Brutal I think the Legend. time is right. The time is right yeah. for it. Listen, Jack Black's got his Goosebumps money. He doesn't need to do anything <laughs> else. He could just do video games. Yeah, dude, I wish I had Goosebumps money. <laughs> right? I would not stop doing Goosebumps if I had Goosebumps money. <laughs> uh, we got a few other things on here. A big one for me was Tetris Effect Connected, which is yes, like the multiplayer cool. Tetris Effect dreamgasm that I've been hoping for since uh, Tetris Effect came I think out. that's why I picked it up. Because, yeah. uh, well, one, it was on sale on PSN, but I like remembered it. I was like, fuck, I really want to play Tetris Effect again. Yeah. And it just happened to be half off. And I was like, hell yeah, I think on the summer sale that they're yeah. doing right now. Yeah, this is one of the ones that's coming holiday 2020. And it's pretty cool because Tetris Effect was a PS4 exclusive. I think it was also on PC and yeah. had like various v- VR support. I think it elsewhere. eventually came to PC, yeah. Yeah, but now it's coming to Xbox, so that's, that's pretty neat. Um, yeah. I hope it's just a timed exclusive for Xbox. Because you want multiplayer. I fucking, do want uh, multiplayer, yeah. It would be cool if it was like an upgrade to the original game for like PS4. Yes, like that would update. be neat. Yeah, yeah. It looks cool. I don't know. More Tetris Effect is not a bad thing. And I like that the name ties into the main song. Too. Yeah, that game... So. Yeah, to con- uh, connected. That game has been helping me this week because mm-hmm. uh, it just gives me like the right mental stimulus, mm-hmm. like problem solving uh, helps me when I get like better at Tetris. Like, because yeah. I remember when Tetris 99 came out, I was playing that on like work breaks and such. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I'm just able to focus more after playing Tetris. I mean, it's good for cognition. Yeah? Yeah. Like, like my... up those neural pathways. Critical Yo, thinking. open them up, man. Like my sinuses, Let me right? get in there, man. Get in there. Just stick a thumb <laughs> in one of these neural pathways, dude. Open that shit it. up. Throw a quarter in there. <laughs> uh, we get the medium, which is pretty cool from Bloober Team, who did like the Blair Witch game. I'm excited for that. They yeah. did Blair Witch. They did Layers of Fear 1 and 2 as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the cool thing about that game, side note, is that it's showing that next gen can render like two and completely different environments at the same time, mm-hmm. which is a cool trick that I think we also saw in the new Ratchet and Clank game for, mm. for uh, Clank <laughs> on PS5. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty neat. I, I want that. I want horror shit. And Did also... you ever play Blair Witch? No, I have it on Game Pass, though. Mm. And yeah, I still have Game Pass. I'm not, I don't know. I'll keep it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I mean, we'll get to it at the end of this, but a lot of these games are going to be available immediately at launch through yeah. Games, Play, 
Games Pass, which is really neat. Huge fucking value. Yeah, it's a big that, deal. Man. Like honestly, now I'm like I'm seeing the light behind Game Pass right now. <laughs> if they could, if Game Pass were on my PS5, that would be even crazier. It doesn't make sense, but I want it. <laughs> I don't think we're too far away from it. To be do honest, do you really think they would do it? Like if the if the hardware business goes like bad for Microsoft, right? Can they just like pull a Sega and be like, guess we're third party? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Sony can publish our shit, use our, our architecture, our streaming platform. Right, right. Yeah, use whatever, play ball with Shuhei. We're getting there. <laughs> I don't like, think it's more and more every day. We're getting little concessions Soon. like here's crossplay, here's things like that. We finally, actually, we're getting um, Cuphead on PS4, which is interesting too. I bet you if anybody like actually is in, invested in Xbox and hears us and goes like, what the fuck are these knuckleheads talking Wait, about? What? what? They're we're just never... going to like, they have a new console coming out. They're just going to get out of the business and start streaming on PS5. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry we're we're, we're pieing this guy do right you now. remember when we thought that about <laughs> nintendo though before the switch came out yes. like we're just like oh they're probably gonna get out of the hardware game and just be strictly like a third-party software manufacturer and that didn't happen dude we was a wet thump <laughs> yeah. right but like i think nintendo just like has never really thought of themselves as a in the same space as xbox and the rest of them right like they they treat their properties differently yeah. so i don't think they would ever acquiesce to being a third-party yeah. company i think they're looking at the competition respectfully respectfully i think they're going to continue to do their own thing because they're fucking nintendo exactly they've been around for over 100 years that's true so a few other flybys here and Mm -hmm. i'll I'll let you talk halo we got fantasy star online too which is pretty cool because that's the first time a fantasy star would be coming to uh xbox console a lot of Um, of love for that yeah pretty neat and then like you said fable so yeah and then the big one that everybody was kind of looking forward to was halo infinite they started the show with it yeah i'm excited Daniel, I like Halo. Sure. Tell I don't me know about if it. this is like a known thing for you, but I like Halo. What? I mean, I guess walk me through your Halo lineage. Because for me, like, Halo yeah. exists as just like a thing that I did at LAN parties with my friends in like post high school, you know? And well, we were... I've never had friends, so I have a different <laughs> legacy with Halo. Sure. But I was late to the titles. Like, I played Halo 1 with my friend who had an Xbox. Because mm-hmm. that's how the story always goes. Of course. You know a guy like, who knows a guy. Yeah, because, like, you know, people were slow to adopt the Xbox, I think. But Halo was that bargaining chip. Mm-hmm. That was the reason that they would get it. And so I'd play it, you know, hang out with, uh, have some pizzas from Papa John's. Uh, pop in some Halo, fight fight the Flood, finish the fight. It was great stuff. Yeah. I loved it. But when I got a 360, because I didn't have an Xbox original, that's when I went back and played 1, 2, 3, like mm-hmm. rapid fire in a row. Because I got like the 360 like a year after or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all backwards compatible or no? Yeah, for, okay. for original. Well, some titles weren't, but the, the first two Halos were backwards compatible on the 360. Mm-hmm. So that's how I played Halo 1. Uh, very big, open, cool campaign. Part two, a lot of love for part two. A lot of people have that for me. I'm just like, eh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Fight too many fucking brutes. And then part three, of course, is a uh, classic as fuck, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kept on with the series. I'm actually a fan of four. I okay. say it all the time. People hate four. I get why they hate four. I like four for particular reasons. I actually think it delved into the pathos of Master Chief for once instead of just viewing him as like this stoic machine gun yeah, I can living be. man. I, <laughs> do you think Master Chief is I can? Yeah, look at him in that green suit cut out of stone. God, look. jerked off in that sexy little number. <laughs> look at this guy. That looks like a tight suit. Look at this gargantuan man <laughs> with the reflecting lens. <laughs> Listen, Spartans are sexy. One one seven. That's a different kind of grunt. <laughs> Do you know what his name is? No. You don't know what his name is. Master it's very Chief? simple. No. no, Master. They didn't name a Master Chief. He <laughs> wasn't born Master. No, Chief. I mean what Master Chief's real name is. Hello, Mister and Mrs. Chief. <laughs> your son is 10 feet tall we gotta put him in a goddamn robocop suit it's the only way he'll survive against the elements (laughs) your son's gonna grow up to be fucking awesome (laughs) 
<laughs> this son of a bitch is gonna fight entire armies by himself. It's we could annualize awesome. them too. You wanna make money off this this cash cow? <laughs> He'll never be lonely. He'll have AI and a suit that jacks him off. <laughs> so what was his name? John. John, <laughs> John Chief? His name is John. No! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Halo Infinite. Uh, there is some complaints leveled toward Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. One, it looks like it's going back to the art style of the original mm-hmm. game. Because uh, 4 and 5 tried to go a little more realistic, which I didn't mind. Uh, 4 has a really cool cover uh, by Sparth. Oh, yeah, 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 I've, yeah. I've seen it. But uh, Infinite looks to be much more open mm-hmm. like there is even like a map where you can like choose different destinations or different like objectives mm-hmm. um but the developers have said it's not an open world game it's just halo but exploded mm-hmm. essentially and i'm bigger like, world maps bigger arenas yeah, more choice to go around yeah. and so far we're not seeing them do the shit where it's like look it's a team of other spartans that are marketable for mm-hmm. tv shows no they're like master chief is back your master chief you're fighting fucking brutes uh this guy is insulting you i forget what his name is but uh, some people complain about the graphics a little bit. Yeah, I think the the graphics complaint is is probably one of the more egregious ones because people are like doing side by sides of the trailer which was streamed and they're screen capping like poor resolution shots and then putting against like 4K screenshots from The Last of Us Part Two, <laughs> and it's just like that's not a fair comparison for one. Yeah, you're ripping raw native gameplay against a stream of a stream. Yeah, I, I think you said it best. And art styles too. You're just like it didn't look bad. It just doesn't look next gen really. No, not really. And that's okay. What is that console launch like? I feel like launch games are always looks a bit better than last gen, but it's mainly the same. But there's a lot of particle effects. Yeah, I think you get this weird, like, overlap of, like, games that come out in the tail end of a generation and the yeah. games that launch with a console, and then you really see the, the, the pickup as developers start to use to learn how the architecture, um, I imagine as, as developers get more hands on, like, the dev kit of the PS5 and that SSD, they can start to really work with it, but a lot of these games have been worked on for years already, mm-hmm. so there's, like, development crossover between generations yeah. so it's not gonna look crazy cool yeah the best looking games are gonna come out at the end of a generation oh yeah always with you. Yeah, yeah that just kind of makes sense right it's like they had developers had of all this time to find the g-spot on the console <laughs> there you go mm-hmm. <laughs> they know how to stimulate it <laughs> naughty dog they're up in that oh, naughty dog has their pulse on the g-spot <laughs> they're the one it. they're the ones coming to the bedroom going like hey <laughs> two discs <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Naughty Dog can go forever. <laughs> Apparently, right? Yeah. Um, but so I, I again, I don't have those same complaints. But the thing that I think is really cool, and they just they they didn't even announce this at the Xbox showcase. Mm-hmm. The multiplayer. Well, not only is this game going to be on Game Pass, by mm-hmm. the way, which means if you have it for Game Pass PC, voila, you have Halo Infinite. That's huge. Uh the multiplayer is going to be free to play for everyone. Everyone. Okay, so if you have PC, you have Xbox, you could just play it without paying for it. It's there for you. It's pretty awesome, actually. They also announced it's crossplay. Boom. What the fuck? <laughs> also, it's 120 frames per second, depending on your build. What the fuck? I mean, those are all pretty awesome selling points right there. That's how you bring Halo back, yeah. though, right? Like, I'm just thinking about it, because it's like, yeah, what's exciting about it? It's just another new Halo, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but everyone can play it. So you're going to tap into that market of, like, people that, you know, uh, people jumping on Fortnite, jumping mm-hmm. on Apex. It's free. And then that's how you get them. <laughs> you get them going like, hey, here's this Spartan suit, but you need to unlock the full version of the game and da-da-da-da-da, you know? That makes sense to me. Yeah, I gotta wonder how many people will jump on that idea, though. Because, I mean, 
I don't have access to the data. Me and Phil aren't close, if right. you will. Right, right. I right, imagine right. though, like when you look at the metrics of Call of Duty games, like single player campaign against their multiplayer, more people play the multiplayer. Yes, you know, year in and year out. That's oh, why, for sure. Like, the Undoubtedly, campaigns have been shaved and cast aside and weird. I've had to tell somebody that Halo has a campaign. They're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be one of my end questions for you. Um, But so I got to wonder how many people are just going to play the multiplayer for free. I feel like that's what I would do. You know, just play the multiplayer. Yeah, like why jump onto the Mm -hmm. full version? I don't know. Xbox is doing all these sorts of moves where it's just like, well, if you do that, then why do I need to do this? Mm -hmm. And for Xbox, it's just like, we got your money one way or another. Mm -hmm. We could not have your money at all. And I'm just like, oh, oh. Okay, I see that. Yeah. And I want to know if that, like, investment pays off for them. Like, getting people onboarded to the subscription more so than going, like, hey, you don't need to upgrade your console. Or, mm-hmm. hey, you don't even need to have our console. If you have PC, you're good to go. You know? I want to see if this pays off for them. It's almost likely that it's going to, just because hmm. think of the way they're doing it, right? Where it's like, hey, Xbox Game Pass is free at launch. Yep. And xCloud. Yeah. So, like, these are crazy things. Literally, all you have to do is buy the console. Gold is going away. Gold is going away, yeah. Gold is gone. kind of merging the idea. Yeah. Um, and it, what, it's Games Pass Ultimate? Is that what it's called? Um, I think it's just going to be Game Pass taking over completely. Okay. So it's just Game Pass, online's always free. So you have a very sweet invitation point for people who might be on the fence or maybe be looking at console points in terms of price. And it's like, okay, PS5, we don't know the price tag yet. Might be like, you know, 550 might be 600 Then you have to get like PlayStation Plus on top of that. Oh. Xbox comes in like, hey, we have two different versions, disc list, you know, maybe that's 400 disc version. We know, don't know yet. We don't know. I'm just spit firing numbers. He's spit firing like, over but here. But then to say like, hey, this cloud service mm. is free. You can play all the, like... This extensive library of Microsoft games for free at launch is exciting when Sony doesn't quite have their idea of backwards compatibility like kind of ironed out yet. Yeah, they're, you know? they're they're backing on like, well, hey, you remember you like Spider-Man, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, they might be right on that uh, investment or like, hey, remember Horizon? You all went crazy for that. So they're still doing the exclusive game, right? I mean, Sony's doing what they've always been doing. Yeah, I'm not saying they're really changing any anything really about their business model to say hey we're future proofing whereas microsoft is like oh we're we're, we're changing our regime mm-hmm. for the next few years you know i so, mean it's it's, interesting. it's almost like we're looking at these console manufacturers as platforms now not so much as just like ip machines you know mm-hmm. where it's like sony i think they're gonna wrestle on their laurels and be like hey you know our brands you love spider-man you love aloy you love the last of yeah. us you're gonna keep coming for that and they're right to an extent i'm gonna keep coming for that because like that's where i've you know, laid my head for the past like 15 or so years with, with exclusive games. On the Sony bosom. Yeah. And it's warm and it's nice. And I love the way it feels. Pointy nipples. Very pointy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find the uh, architecture and shape of the PS5 very alluring. Mm. Mark Cerny, he carved <laughs> that one. He did just for me. <laughs> <laughs> Out of Athena's image. This is for Daniel. <laughs> He's just carving it. <laughs> but I mean, you have two yeah. people who are doing very different things, and I think that's okay. Just two right? people, these companies. Two, no, you have two companies that are doing <laughs> it's like either just Phil or it's Shuhei. Strategically different things. <laughs> yeah, and for sure. I don't think it necessarily needs to be this huge IP war anymore. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Like keep on saying, we shall see. They're still banking on people wanting a new console, though, because mm-hmm. Series X is going to be a thing that happens. Yeah. And I even said, like, I see the value in Game Pass, where I was just like, if you come out with a all digital version like the Lockhart, mm-hmm. like is rumored, I will probably invest in that one day because there's a lot of cool fucking games coming out for Game Pass. I, I, I look at it and I'm just like, God damn, these are games that I would not have spent money on, but they are here for me. Well, I mean, even now as somebody who got 
games cost for a dollar yeah a month trial yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. so much that you could just mess around with just to see what it's like i know so it's good shit well anyway i just want more halo i want to play halo i'm i'm down for it i'm i'm honestly in that same camp of you mm. where it's like i've never i've had many xboxes in homes before that i've shared with roommates or otherwise but i've never owned one myself so i might go the lockhart version Ooh. get a discos version use it as like this kind of stream mm. uh game pass machine which could be really cool so many consoles, so little time. So many consoles, so little time. What do we do? <laughs> Daniel, what have you been playing lately? What have I been playing? Oh my god. That man. isn't Ghost. That isn't Ghost. Yeah. Well, I have been on a two-week vacation. What's it's that like? Unto which, it's nice. It's it's nice to have kind of like a mental decompression spot. I'm still kind of weirdly socially isolating myself in ways, ignoring yeah. my phone and just kind of like doing my own thing and just kind of... You know, just decompressing and getting myself kind of back to fighting shape so I can go back to work tomorrow. That's tomorrow um, for you. It's tomorrow for me. Wow. Yeah, 14 days flew by really fast. What if you won't, like, what if you don't know what to do? You ever have a dream like that where you sit down and go like, I forgot all the things I used to know. And it's just like, you fail at it and people are like, what's going on with you? Yeah, I had that thought. That's why I sat down on my computer for a little bit today. Yeah. I just kind of like tinkered around. I'm like, do I still remember how to type on a keyboard? Yeah. Basic functions, you know? I have specifically had a nightmare where I, where for some reason, modern day Kevin was working my previous job. And I was mm. like, I don't know how to do this yeah. anymore. But everyone's looking at me like I should know how to do it. So I'm just going to try. I mean, my worry is like, right, I leave the house tomorrow, right? I'm dressed. Yeah. And then I sit down at my desk and I don't have pants. Well, I don't have to worry about that, actually, because I'm still home. Yeah. Because I'm still working yeah. from home. You're still, yeah. you're still pantless in our home that we pay rent for. Probably cooler, though. But yeah, uh, two-week vacation. I thought I was going to play a lot of Ghost of Tsushima. I did. Yeah. But I found that I had spent... 23 hours with a game that i've already played before oh really which game is that this week i started dark souls 3 again you've uh, already hit 23 hours yes, with fucking dark souls 3. yes i have jesus and i don't even give a Christ. fuck it's been such a good time dude jesus i rolled a new character because my goal with this was to sit down and work my way up through the two dlcs that i hadn't played ashes of arendelle and then the ring city which is like this huge end game dlc mm. which you have to be super leveled for and i fucked around with it a few months ago i, I pulled out my old character and i'm like i don't remember anything about this game so i thought it'd be cool to just start a new character whatever yeah. whatever from the ashes of my mind emma s tone was born what's the s stand for souls or strength emma souls tone or maybe stone <laughs> it says emma stone tone listen gotcha i'm creative Yes. To a fault. <laughs> Tell me, there is a fault here. <laughs> Tell me about S-Tone. She's gorgeous. She's got these big, mm. bulging bug eyes. She's got this gotcha. very pointy chin that's good for parrying. She's she's kind of like a monster factory thing, but kind of light. Okay. But she's a warrior build. I've been dumping strength points into her and <laughs> just, just, just hacking through boss Wait, after you're a boss. warrior? Yeah. You chose warrior? Yeah. Not a knight or anything? No. Nope. Because I see you wearing like knight's armor and shit. I think you might be a knight because <laughs> there is a distinct warrior. warrior and a knight class yeah there's like 18 classes i think yeah you might be right because my equip load and stamina is a little different than yours is yes i only say because i also started playing dark souls 3 thanks to daniel yes. and my character is buffy summers <laughs> <laughs> the northerner she's wearing these these uh north of the wall boots yeah she's from the the, fur. the torrid winter of sunnydale california what a place <laughs> and and she's a warrior class and also she has the slowest role in the world mm-hmm. and upsets me it's like you do this thing where it's like you begin the roll you're midair turning and then you land 
it's a three-stage process, and it's much slower than what you got going on. Well, in a sort of game where every little animation matters, you're, like, <laughs> counting the seconds and frames of the roll. Oh, yeah. Which is really weird for us to kind of break down, but that's how it is in Soulsborne games. You, ha- you need that timing, yeah. right? Because... Every enemy has unfairness to them, basically. They will take your frames and destroy them. But you know, because you've been burning this game down. I have. It became a stream game for me that I that I've been playing a lot of and kind of something I wanted to share with like Nick and other people who I know are like fervent you know Soulsborne fans friend of the show friend of the show Nick uh thank you for helping me the other day with those two bosses couldn't have done it without you brother good dude but it it's fascinating going back to a game that I haven't touched in four years and in between that time I've played other you know Soulsborne games Bloodborne Sekiro and I feel like the surge the surge 2 yeah code vein uh hellpoint all these great games. No point. <laughs> Let's we'll, not. Okay. We'll get to that later. Yep. <laughs> but it's almost like instinctively, I already kind of knew how to play it. I knew the motions. Maybe a lot of uh, the map had been internalized, even though I hadn't seen it in a long time. We tend to internalize suffering. Exactly. We really do. Hmm. It's almost like, I feel like generations of avatars awakening within me and giving me strength. And I feel like such a powerful player now. Like I just, I'm getting in there. I'm whacking through bosses. I'm just moving from area to area without even really thinking about it. It's a cartoon, right? Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> on Netflix. I got, like, mad for a second that you were talking about one of the ten Avatar films that they mm. plan on delaying some more. Are you excited for those? No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I, granted, James Cameron's Avatar is the best Avatar to have come to theaters, mm. but I'm not excited for nine more installments. Anyway, whatever. Um, yes, it's been cool going back to it. Uh, I find the, the lore and world of Lothric and DS3 very fascinating, so it's cool to kind of know a little bit more about the game and come back to it and see commonalities or understand bosses or settings like I didn't the first time I played it because I didn't know anything about the world. And, right. And I think the sort of cryptic contextual storytelling might have been lost on me at the time where in my pigeon brain I was like, cool, dark fantasy world. But now I'm thinking about it a little more like, ooh, the Boreal Valley or why some of the characters are the way they are, what the Outriders are, who the fuck Pontiff Solvin is, mm-hmm. you know, all this cool stuff. And it's it's gratifying going back to it uh, as, a, as a fan uh, after all these years. And what has uh, been a, a, a boss that you've enjoyed going back to? The fight in this one because you've you've mainly done all of them right or I've mainly, them. I've mainly done all of them except like the last like three optional bosses okay. but I've been enjoying going back to the Lords of Cinders which are like uh-huh. the main like story boss fights Tall Man yeah Norm um, the Giant uh, the one that has like a skirt made of bodies Aldritz yep uh, Devourer uh, of Gods uh, which to find out Aldritz story was just like really fascinating and cool yeah um yeah super super cool the the abyss watchers and then i'm on the last fight right now the twin princes lorian and lothric those are really cool like i'm just enjoying like because like the arenas are cool they give it really interesting like backstory and and i guess forward story too because they give like a little cutscene and narrative with it and yeah and actually i'm surprised too that some of the bosses that i struggled with before i haven't this go Mm-hmm. You know, like Dancer of the Boreal Valley is like historically one of the hardest fights for me, and I did it in like sixty seconds. So remind me, did you play Bloodborne after yes. Dark Souls Three? Yeah. Oh, okay. So my gotcha. point of Soulsborne games goes: Dark Souls Three, twenty sixteen; Bloodborne, summer of twenty eighteen; Sekiro, yeah. April of twenty nineteen, gotcha. and so on. So a Surge, a Surge Two, Surge, Surge Two, Hellpoint, yeah. obviously. Code um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I just, I also just like the boss fights as a whole. I think I like them more than any boss fights in the entire series so far Ooh. yes i think ooh, ooh, i think ooh. the 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 boss fights in dark souls 3 are second to none ooh, ooh. and the scores are amazing for each fight very like emotional and like mm-hmm. as as bosses go through phases because like bloodborne it's typically like one health bar 
a lot of the enemies in Dark Souls 3 go through, like, separate health bars, where there's, like, a mid-phase shift and, like, music changes based off of their stage. And granted, that happens with Bloodborne as well. We saw that with, like, you know, Ludwig and all these other characters. But it just feels, like, so much more impactful for some reason. I don't know mm. why. That's just me, but... Yeah, I think it's only you. No one's I, ever I had think, this opinion. I think Dark Souls Three like resonated with me way harder. So, yeah. and yeah, no, it's it's cra- crazy that I'm almost done. I think it's just I've been power building. You sad? No, not really, because I still have two <laughs> DLCs to work through, which is pretty. <laughs> you exciting. said you can't dunk your head in wax anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna run out of you're gonna run out of that. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> no more rolls. Um, and then the DLC is unfamiliar ground, so I'm not sure how like that's gonna feel for me because I'm gonna probably get smacked mm, around a bunch. I, it was hard. Yeah. I remember it being pretty fucking hard uh, last time I tried it. Um, but I do want to go back to that now that I, like, I've seen you playing it. Mm-hmm. And I jumped into it and I was so surprised how instinctual it was where I was just like, yeah, yeah I know how to play this. Like, it feels instantly. second nature. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, I know where to go. And I even knew different enemy placements as I went ahead. Mm-hmm. I was like, why do I know what's going to attack me? How many mm-hmm. times did I die in this level? A lot. We like, died a lot. lot. And the thing is, like, we were dragged through a lot of that game, too, because, like, we played yeah. it with, with Brandon. With Brandon yeah. And he knew that game back and forward at that point. It had mm-hmm. been out for, like, a day. Right. And he knew so much about it. <laughs> um, so he just dragged us through levels, and now to have to do it myself, I'm like, I remember some of this, but not all of it, but, but like, still I feel capable yeah. where I didn't before. There was definitely a, a rope bridge that gave you some trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> remember that? One? Yes. Why can't I get it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 such a well-designed game. I think, mm-hmm. um, so here here's a good like branching off point, is that all of its imitators, like, can't seem to capture the essence that from software gets so well like there's no wasted design in their games their levels like kind of spill into each other very nicely in comparison we played another soulsborne game mm. called hellpoint that just came out um it's from tiny build studios they've yep. been working on it for a couple years mm-hmm. just a team of seven people yep. they it's worked an- on like the secret neighbor game and uh hello neighbor as well hello neighbor um anything to do with neighbors yes this one's hell neighbor except zombies ate my neighbors wasn't them that wasn't them who was sega probably sega anyway um and this game we played because it had split screen and we thought that was a hoot because it was like what a souls born with with split screen fantastic but like it has these environments have like good art design to them mm-hmm. but they're not good for being play spaces like they're just empty and unused mm-hmm. and that was like sh- such a stark like contrast to dark souls where it's like every winding path leads to something that might either mm-hmm. help you or be like another interesting fight yeah but it's just wasted space in that other game Hellpoint. I'm not sure if it's just because of like the verticality or the way that your character moves, or the fact that it is you could jump in Hellpoint split screen where maybe you need more space for two people to run around in. Maybe, but it, it does feel like there's a lot of like kind of negative space in it for some weird reason. Yeah, and it, it meandered like it didn't carry you forward in the right way. Where I feel like Dark Souls games always kind of usher you away because mm-hmm. like wherever you go, even if you get lost, it's like oh, there's still something here to see whether it be a fight where i learn don't go there anymore there's a giant crab in the swamp yeah. or the next area or a shortcut like i just feel like it was like oh eh, this does this doesn't congeal very well i feel like in a soulsborne games i'm always kind of branching in three different directions where it's like okay there might be two bosses that i can't do or a new mm. way forward into a different area which is interesting that you can do certain things in any amount of order as long as you're able to find them whereas this game it yeah it doesn't feed you the same level of, of uh, same measure of breadcrumbs and kind of guide you in a way 
and progressing from one area to the next feels kind of I don't know it felt different like we we did the first boss and then the mm-hmm. next area was like this observatory which was just this big open space and we're like okay there should like, be a way forward here is this maybe enemies and yeah. it, it was just this big open hub atrium something like that where you can upgrade and whatnot yeah. it's just like it was like all right th- this is in imitating dark souls people forget that they're not just being like purposefully obtuse mm-hmm. there is a point for you to figure out this one just like in this game it seems like they're just hiding the way forward because they think that's how souls game should be <laughs> yeah almost missing the point where yeah. it's like those games definitely had a certain design principle but also if you're gonna put me in a spot that is supposed to be kind of this hub area where i can upgrade much like you know uh the hunter's dream from bloodborne or the fire shrine uh from dark souls 3 i think it's the fire shire Fireshire, whatever. I know that those places are where I go to upgrade and talk to NPCs and do what I need to to advance uh, my character in very unique ways that are, are, are good for my build. Whereas this game's, I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing in this space. Mm-hmm. And I had to look it up. I, we got to a point where like we were streaming it and we didn't kind of know where to go. And I'm like, all right, let me look something up real quick. And yeah, it's like, It was oh, very yeah. convoluted, like what we needed to do. But yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's a, pale imitation it tries and you it know tries. for a studio of of seven people it's still a noble effort well the big thing about hellpoint that, that drew me to it is yeah. the fact that it's um it takes place in a space station and you fight basically hell demons mm-hmm. but it's still a souls game so it's like a collision of dead space and dark souls yeah. which is an ultimate selling point for oh, yeah. me but when i actually got my hands on it i was like a lot of this is like kind of not baked out mm-hmm. like the way that it should be but at the same time you're right Seven people made it. Yeah. It's super impressive for a game made by seven people. That's better than I can do with yeah. seven people. I, well, what can you do with seven people? I don't know. I've done a few group projects in school. and you Human know. Centipede? Human Centipede. Is human the game. Centipede. <laughs> <laughs> Invite everybody for a cookout. Stitch them together. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's my Dark Souls. um it's cool i think like the cosmic horror arc is really neat like there's promise of like a cool world there i just don't know that we'll ever see it because we kind of just got kind of bored with it kind of bored. i think like the combat lacked a certain crunch and feedback to me that i really like i like that they tried to put their own spin on like these are your currency like the axioms or like giving different names to like your spec builds and actually giving you a menu that describes what you're leveling when you put points in a certain that is nice which is cool soulsborne games don't do that so it's got a lot going for it it's just um yeah i don't know yeah, I don't know. It doesn't hit the mark. You know what? The Surge 2 hit the mark closer, and mm-hmm. I still put that game down. Mm-hmm. So it's like, eh, there's nothing like the King, right? There's nothing like mm-hmm. From Software's yeah. Soulsborne games. Miyazaki does it right. He and, does it by himself. And he does it all by it's himself. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see what Elden Ring is going to look like, although that's going to be a completely different beast. Very, very, very. Um, right. And we're going to get Demon's Souls before then, which is, you know, the Blue Point remake of the ps3 classic great which guarantees i will never play the ps3 title ever you remake it for ps5 you think i'm gonna go back to that no <laughs> same roommates we're gonna be a little honest here we are shallow gamers uh we like updated graphics we like pretty things for our stupid gamer eyes and we like really modern controls here comes the shallow gamers <laughs> <laughs> does it run at 60 <laughs> <laughs> My my thing is like there have been some good ones that I played in the past like Salt and Sanctuary is pretty good. You played a yep. little bit of fuck what's it called? That's uh, the name. Scorned, not scorned. Blasphemous. Yeah. Blasphemous. Thank you. I played a little bit. That was fine. Yeah. I mean th- that's getting into the side scrolling uh, yeah. Souls ripoffs. <laughs> yeah, a little different. <laughs> Which are fine. 
do you think we ever get to the point though where <clears throat> these games kind of stop happening? That we stop going down this genre like, of, of souls like risk reward mm-hmm. high difficulty? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. I think it's a cool genre that you can play with, and in fact, I keep on thinking of like ideas for like, oh, here's another game you could make that's a souls board. Mm-hmm. If you were like, Ugh. well, actually, too, you've been playing a really interesting one with with mm-hmm. Chelsea and Nick Remnant remnant which, which is kind is of like, like a destiny shooter mixed exactly. with Soulsborne. So. what a cool thing to do to the fucking genre so yeah. it is very much like high difficulty and you you don't really lose anything in remnant but it's just like you lose progress so it's closer to roguelike kind of oh, okay. kind of aspects to it but it still has the whole like here's checkpoint markers crystal that you have to grab onto mm-hmm. so me nick and chelsea have been playing that i played a bit by myself a while back and i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. and i'm glad that the both of them actually enjoy it because mm-hmm. the third person combat is very good it looks good so it's a shooter by the way it's not a hack and slash or roly poly mm-hmm. although you do plenty of rolling in of this course. game but um it is like boss fight after boss fight and crazy range enemies shooting at you and such i think they do a really good job of making it feel like a good fast-paced shooter Mm -hmm. in a souls borny kind of title which is super interesting Mm -hmm. i like how they did like i immediately was just like oh i'm gonna get the dlc fuck it i'll get the swamp of corvus i don't (laughs) it's only 10 bucks it's like i like this game and i like that i think we're gonna go back to it a bit more okay uh you have it too right i do have it unfortunately it's Three-player three player co-op. co-op. So if you guys are playing, I'm not going to be able to play it. Which is yeah. fine, because I was working on like Ghost and Dark Souls 3 and other stuff this week as well. So. Sorry, man. No, it's okay. Hey, I'm sorry, listen, man. I'm just like that jealous kid looking in the window, seeing my friends play games together. And I'm like, I want to play games. Just rolling and having fun and fighting ant creatures <laughs> for a thousand years. It took us two hours to fucking beat that boss. So as somebody who's played it on your own yep. and then co-op, uh, how, what's the variance of play like? Um, You get... To take advantage of a lot of, like, um, they're called traits in the game, mm-hmm. but you get on-the-fly points for leveling up that you can put into your traits. And when you're with a co-op or in co-op, you can actually have team traits where, like, certain things like, oh, you know, so when you heal yourself, it only heals you normally. Mm-hmm. You can have a perk where when you heal, if the other players are in a radius with you, they get, like, 25% of how much you heal. Mm-hmm. So if they're in a pinch, you heal yourself, you're good, and they get good, too. Are Which there, is pretty cool. There are classes too, right? So I'm yeah. sure there are multiplayer perks per class. There's only like three classes. Though. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's like different perks per class because it seems like there's a lot of shared ones. Mm. Like just simple stuff like uh, whatever you know, vigor and endurance, like you would see in any Soulsborne. But also like reload speed and stuff like that. That like plays to the fact that hey, it's still a third person yeah. shooter. Um, I think that is a much more terrific and interesting take mm-hmm. on the that kind of genre than like maybe in comparison to something like Hellpoint. Mm-hmm. Different design goals, but still the same like, hey, let's not just be like woefully adherent to what we think a Soulsborne game is. Let's mm-hmm. do our own shit and take the bits and pieces that we think we like. Mm-hmm. I like how Remnant goes about it, right? So like that's that's what I want to see going forward. I feel like every developer almost thinks like they have to do the same thing with it. Like let's do this kind of like archaic design very very vague Mm. narrative paths vague mechanical explanations and i like games that don't adhere to that like they put their own spin on it like with um remnants like we're gonna take two of our our loves you know action shooters souls like games and make it our own thing it seems really special the world seems cool i like that there's like 
uh, damage floaties and yeah, like you know, gives an arcadey feel. Yeah, Plus, you kind know, of like damage you're doing. You got ads and like stuff that you would see in kind of like a like Destiny like game. I'm sorry, like yeah. that's the only comparison I can draw from it. It that's has what it looks like strong Destiny feels yeah. to it, right? In the world, especially because um, you go around these very different environments, but for the most part, it's like. Fight through the ads, get to the boss Mm -hmm. is essentially the thing, right? There is some confusing level design. Like, we totally lost progress the other day because we were just like, where do we go? Mm -hmm. Where is it? I think we keep on running into an optional boss and we acted like we needed to do it. Uh I found out it was a fucking DLC boss that got added into the game post-launch. And I was like, oh, we're wasting our time against something that we don't need to do. And no wonder it's handing our asses to us because it's a DLC boss. Interesting. Yeah, so like there's a few things where it's just like, okay, it's rough to get around, Mm -hmm. right? So, but otherwise, I'm pretty happy with that game. That game's pretty excellent. I want to ask you something, because this is a commonality across all Souls-like games. The multiplayer system, how convoluted is it? Because it's not. It's actually really easy to use. It's really easy in Remnant. What a concept. What a fucking concept. You know, it was really not easy to figure out. Fucking split screen and goddamn hell point. (laughs) which required us to file like our turbo taxes in order to get it to work and then you became the primary for some reason <laughs> and so you were player one yeah I did. we then, had to open two separate bank accounts and then you were getting trophies that i wasn't and i was like thank you creators of hellpoint of making sure that i unenjoy myself as much as possible <laughs> yeah and then even dark souls 3 like getting nick in was such a weird concept where it took 20 minutes for us to realize i needed to apply an ember to myself <laughs> right, to awaken myself it. in the world to summon somebody <laughs> else after setting a password and all this other stuff so like yeah if you're gonna have multiplayer as a functionality in a game don't make it as like hard to access as your lore <laughs> like yeah let it like give it to us right I, I i think i think the design conceit there is that they wanted to treat multiplayer as a resource yes not oh people want to have fun together mm-hmm. yeah and that that's the big that's thing fair. where i think remnant fixes that idea where it's just like ah no, people want to play games together, but we will like com- like accommodate it where it's like the enemies have three times the health pool mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, oh, uh, ammo instances all together, so somebody in your team grabs it, mm-hmm. you don't get that ammo. So that kind of sucks. Right. How's the scaling in terms of like parties and uh, I remember that Nick and Chelsea kept on saying that like, hey, when you played alone, you beat this boss like at a couple of attempts and it's taking us 17. <laughs> so I'm just like, I think it, 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 it scales the health pool and it does okay. shit where it's like, it gets a little wild. Like I think a lot of ads end up on screen. Okay. A lot of fucking ads, like little, little roly poly demons coming at you. I've said roly poly three times mm-hmm. this episode. It's okay. <laughs> We're sponsored by roly poly. <laughs> Don't know what it is, but it's coming for you. <laughs> What else have you been playing? I know you've been on this interesting year-long Yakuza kick. Yeah, I've, I've um, put that to a slight pause because of Ghost came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am at the tail end of Yakuza 5. Wow. Which is apparently the longest title in the series. And now I'm not going like exactly in order because I like played the remastered set after I played Kiwami 2 and Yakuza 6, oddly enough. So it was like this huge chunk of Kiryu's story I didn't have. So you went, what, you started 6, then went to 1, 2, back to 6 to finish it. Correct. And then 3, 4, 5. Right, you're remembering it very correctly, (laughs) because 6 was on sale one day, and I was like, I can't pass this shit (laughs) And it just, it kept on like unwinding like that, where I just kept on buying Yakuza games until I had most of them. That's the song of life, man. I have zero again. I have a fresh fucking copy still sealed, waiting for, so that's going to be the... um, the capper mm. uh, before Yakuza 7 comes out this year. Oh my 
Zero is the last one I got to play, and I can say that I've played every single mainline Yakuza title. Mm. Oh, yes. How I'm do you enriched. Feel? I'm enriched. Yeah. I played a lot of Yakuza this year. <laughs> a shit fuck of Yakuza. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I noticed like a lot of people around us doing the same thing, starting at zero and just burning through the rest. Right. All thanks to Chelsea Hackabad. She has been mm-hmm. this crazy Yakuza influencer. Absolutely. I think she actually works for the Yakuza uh, for the yeah, she's big boss yeah now rgg needs to fucking get her on the media bankroll you know yeah. what i'm saying because like she is putting the word out there oh yeah she's putting she's putting kiryu in more hands than kiryu himself you know what i'm saying yeah, he's a, well kiryu's timid he doesn't want to put himself in others hands he does he doesn't want do to but he'll do it yeah he will do it so yakuza 5 is interesting because it reminds me of this is a weird analogy, but stick with me. Like the Feast of Crows for Yakuza, where Feast of Crows is the fourth Game of Thrones book, mm. following um, the third one, which was kind of this epic story, and then Feast of Crows puts you in the perspective of characters that you haven't seen or heard of yet, mm-hmm. or puts you in different like areas. Mm-hmm. Yakuza 5 has you playing as different characters. And some of their stories happen concurrently. Yeah, yeah. and you go to a different land altogether yes you do you go to like there's like four different cities i think yeah. in yakuza 5 it's a very ambitious title for being like um mid mid-stage ps3 mm-hmm. originally when it came out um it, it carries the mantle of part four which lets you play as different characters mm-hmm. um in the in their kind of like own separated vignettes mm-hmm. to make up a bigger whole this one's interesting because you play as uh you start with kiryu mm-hmm. so you rip off the bandit and give us a guy that we want to play at cool. first but he's sad and he's ostracized to some town <laughs> and, and he's he's a taxi driver for some reason mm. and you're just like what happened and he's living with a woman oh but he won't fuck her <laughs> well that that checks out. That checks out for yeah. Kiryu, right? <laughs> she lit. There's literally a scene where this woman drops her robes and goes, "I want you, Big Daddy. Like, <laughs> let's make this happen." Yeah. And then, like, a plot twist happens right there. And then I could not believe Yakuza did that. I won't spoil it, but I was just like, I was like, dude, there is no way you're not gonna fuck this person <laughs> after five games. This is the one, right? <laughs> and then the Yakuza burst through the front door and shoot her nipples off. <laughs> <laughs> like and ruin the whole night it's almost that bad yeah. but yes okay. no. <laughs> i'm pretty sure somebody was waiting in his closet as well oh. burst out of the closet but that's, that's neither here nor there you also play as um his adoptive daughter mm-hmm. uh haruka and she, she is not a combatant she doesn't do the the heat motions and fisticuffs no she's she, on a different journey she's an idol <laughs> so in japan she is a kind of a pop star and you learn the ropes of stardom in this game. And I got to tell you, you'd think it would sound bad. Mm-hmm. You'd think it would be like, wait, you got to do like dancing rhythm game, mini, ge- mini game bullshit? You, you, you telling me that you need to do like autograph signings as Haruka and make sure that the guards bounce weirdos and you got to hold people's hands? This is all true. <laughs> you do a quick time event where you're signing an autograph. I got to tell you. I fucking love those parts of the game. I got really into getting good at Haruka's Listen, songs. you went from being a like street dancer to selling out stadiums in Japan. Stadiums, dude. Fucking showing up people, right? <laughs> I put in the work. And you have a whole upgrade system to support how good you are on stage. It's fucking amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, Daniel. it looks cool. And then you go back to fighting. You play as fucking uh, Saijima. Mm-hmm. He came from part four. I don't know why people like him. His fight style sucks and is boring. Yeah, I've heard I've heard about that. <laughs> and you play for him as a while, and he's got this whole like prison odyssey, even though in part four, 
he was in prison for most of it as well. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so they just do it again. They're like, Saijima, prison, goes together. Yeah, <laughs> like, you can't think of anything else to do yeah, with this Yeah, we don't character. know, what, what do we do with a guy with a face like this? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's got a face. <laughs> yeah. But, you also go back to one of my absolute favorites in the entire franchise, mm-hmm. Akiyama. Okay. Akiyama from part four, part four, he is a lone shark with a heart of gold. <laughs> My friend. Oh, is this the, the, the baseball loan shark? No, no, side no, quest? no, 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 no. The baseball man is a different person who is down on his luck. Oh. Different person. Akiyama's from part four. He wears a red jacket. He's got long hair. Wait, so there are five people that you play as? My God, I think that's right. <laughs> Yakuza shit. 5 lives up to its moniker. <laughs> he took off his glasses for I that. Took off my glasses you couldn't right. see it, but you could probably feel it through the, the sound <laughs> felt the energy to it. Yeah, yeah, right? The baseball man. I forget his name. I think it's like Shintaro or something <laughs> like that. He um, basically used to be a fucking major league superstar, mm-hmm. but then he flubbed some game or some bullshit. So now he has no money. He owes a loan shark a bunch of money that mm-hmm. he doesn't have. And he spends a lot of time at the batting cages. Which is some of my favorite um, mini games in the game. Getting what a, good at the baseball. It's a very good mini game that they've put as a staple across it's all the really games. Really good, yeah. and it's always the same batting cage. But anyway, I'm having fun. I'm at the very end of this game. Very end. So the last chapter in four and five mm-hmm. is a combination chapter where oh. you play as everybody. That's kind of cool. It's a smash ultimate of the Yakuza universe. Their stories kind of just converge yeah man this could be fucking great i can't wait so if i beat that Mm -hmm. then i can move on to zero and i'm gonna take my god damn time with zero i hear zero is probably one of the best in the series that's what i hear too i wasn't ready for it back in the day i played a little bit of it yeah i wasn't ready that was my first like modern yakuza game Mm -hmm. and i was like i don't know and i stopped playing it but now i'm back i'm back and i'm gonna fucking whip it around let me tell you what i'm gonna get a plat Oh. Maybe not. Yeah, I was going to say, these RGG games seem pretty hard to play. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like I, a whole year. <laughs> I mean, I, I was looking at the Judgment uh, trophy list, and that requires you to beat the game at least twice. Yeah. So that's that, that's my next ambition for okay. video gaming. Well, that's... I'm excited for you. I'm excited for exactly. you to kind of complete the arc of the story and then yeah. go back to before it all started <laughs> in yeah. the 80s. 80s. Which back. I think is really interesting that the carried continuity of, like, Kamurocho and just that world. And Kiryu and yeah. all that. It's the same time like it's a consistent timeline mm-hmm. i love that that's yeah. so interesting i can only think of another series that does that that's resident evil has a consistent timeline throughout its titles hmm. interesting i need to cross over between those games oh. i know resident yakuza resident yakuza <laughs> i have to finish judgment and then i will start zero and then i will probably play them chronologically to a point because <laughs> i'm gonna do zero kawami one and two and then i'm just gonna skip to six because yeah. i'm not gonna play three four and five I don't know if you would have the patience for them. Sorry, I really don't care. <laughs> what? That's Kiryu's story. No, I get it. I get it. I think I've I've seen enough of it, and I get it. If That's I want, I can I can look up the Vati vids for Yakuza three, four, and five, or I can just have Chelsea. I don't I'll, know, man. I'll buy her. I'll buy her a whole thing of bourbon, <laughs> and we'll get drunk and talk Yakuza. At. Part three, though, dude. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's some stuff that I wouldn't skip for the world. (laughs) In fact, part four is like one of my favorites in the series. So here's the thing. And it's just, it's just because of the timing of all right now. We're in this backlog season before next gen hits. I mean, all year is backlog season because it's COVID, man. It's it's been an interesting backlog year because we've been stuck inside playing video games every day. I'm yeah. kind of fucking sick of it. I've only recently started reading a book. I recommend nice. it. It's got words, and you feel accomplished when you read a chapter and go, yeah. oh my god, my reading comprehension. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I've I've gone back to normal tasks too, like playing bass and composing. Hey, it's really strange what hey. being stuck inside all the time will do you with your hobbies. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, Shave my whole body. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I'm fast now. <laughs> <laughs> I got no comeback for that. I'm just gonna let that one glide right by me. Mm-hmm. You're like the dude from The Watchmen in that that full lube suit, just lube? sliding right into a gutter. The lube hero. But so three, four, and five, like. They seem cool. Don't get me wrong, but I think like R. I think Yakuza zero, one, two, and six. That's a lot of game to get through. That's okay. like three hundred hours a game. It'll give you whiplash going from Kiwami two to part three. Yeah, because it's like going back in time like fifteen years. Yeah, exactly. Gameplay wise, I mean, if they ever did the same treatment, if they did Kiwami three, four, and five, I think that'd be really cool. I want them to Kiwami three. Yeah. I want them to Kiwami 3, and I don't think they will. Mm. I think they're going to move on. I think it's hard for me to just go back to certain mechanical... Certain games and certain eras just because of, like, mechanical feels. Or, like I said, yeah. you know, we're the superficial gamers here at the Save Room. We like pretty games. And... Old games suck. <laughs> no. Old games bad. Not saying... Save Room hates old games. <laughs> Not saying it like that, but, like... <laughs> I just there's a lot else I gotta get through. I gotta get through Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I gotta play The Witcher. So it's just not Jesus. it's just not happening. You just named the longest like open world games like one after another. Yeah, sorry, I just gotta spend a thousand years in these virtual worlds. I do, uh, and then maybe I'll get the Yakuza Three. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> come on, man, just give it the plunge, man. You 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 fucking go to the, the orphanage. Uh, like the morning glory mm. there's like little interpersonal dramas between all the kids that you take care of and you got to figure out like how to solve their like, everyday issues mm. it's pretty sweet it sounds pretty cool it's, it's really dope. helping people it's dope as fuck yeah but that's not to say that there aren't going to be dope experiences in the other four yakuza's i'm going to play and i'm still playing judgment so five rgg games judgment. in like a six month span that's a lot okay. that's a lot for yeah. me i've been you know? doing it i like i'm a mood gamer so sometimes i need to switch between flavors Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, so I don't think I could play them all back to back like that. Maybe I over time. It. I feel it. I'm sorry, Chelsea. I've forsaken our, our beautiful friendship. It's true. Forgive me. Chelsea has deleted this podcast. Yes. Dame Tone. Magamajai. Well, I guess that's kind of how we've been biding our time and our backlog season. What are we waiting for? So biding implies that we're waiting for something. Well, we're, we're waiting for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 remastered. You're so yeah, fucking That's the next big game right. to come out this year. Holy shit, dude. I'm going to have so much fun with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, outside of these like interesting like flavors that we've been dipping our toes in, we've been playing a lot of <laughs> Ghosts of Tsushima. Toes. It's been a blast it's a really <laughs> it's great Jin's butt <laughs> he's got a donk let me tell you he's got a good shapely donk let me tell you what let majima you what, dude no donk no Jin, donk. all donk Jin donk all day yeah the donk Donkin on fools of shushima i, I want to start <laughs> off it's so funny that the yakuza like producer director like loves ghost of shushima how do you say it shushima shushima he he was just like fuck i wish we made that game mm-hmm. it's basically his quote it's it's interesting too because going into it, a lot of people were nervous that like a Western studio making a Japanese intensive game that really mm-hmm. speaks on Japanese history, the Mughal invasion in the 1300s, that they'd get things wrong about it. But like to get like kind of just respect from like you know this this ten year Japanese developer and be like, yo, this is great. I wish we made this game. Says a lot mm-hmm. to the quality of your work. Yeah, I think so. Pretty cool. I, I think he looked at it and like he was just like, yeah, this game, we wouldn't make this game in Japan, was basically what he implied. Because mm-hmm. he was talking a lot about how Jin is just kind of a middle-aged guy. Mm-hmm. And he says that like if we tried to pitch that, basically you would have three guys with stats telling you why it was such a bad idea not to have a handsome main character. Mm-hmm. Like That's that's the thing where he was like, respect for letting like the dev team mm-hmm. just go at it and, and trust them to, to deliver this. 
I think it's a great game. Mm. I've been having a lot of fun with it. Oh, yeah, same. I think there's a lot to it for it being, um, you know, you, you know what you're going to get out of it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Like, that's to say it's one of those checklist-based open-world games, very mm-hmm. much in the vein of Far Cry and mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed, yeah. um, which makes the completionist in me want to do nothing but chase down every question mark mm-hmm. on the fucking map. But whenever I do it, I never feel like bored i guess of doing it because i think the environment's so so well done and so peaceful i I can't believe how chill of a time that i have with that Mm -hmm. game sometimes for as many beheadings this title has (laughs) it is a chill game yeah it's a weird like uh counter i don't want to say that counter counterpoint yeah it's a weird counterpoint to be like okay you're beheading mongols and stealth killing people and worrying about your legacy as a you know uh an heir to this this throne and then you're like going through pastoral countryside. You're going through cherry blossoms. You're going through peaks and mountains. You're chasing foxes through waterfalls. <laughs> it's a gorgeous, beautiful, serene game, and I'm so I'm so driven by the exploration where it's just like I want to just chase that question mark because I'm curious as to what's there. Whether it is a Mongol camp or it's a secret duel or just a fox den or a shrine, it's just like I gotta know because each <laughs> like some of it feels kind of copy and pasted. <clears throat> do not get me wrong the Mongol camps feel the same after they are the same. Like they're yeah. literally, there's 40 something of them and they all feel the same and there's nothing. in. There's any always of this. that one tent yeah. that they fucking copy pasted like 140 times yeah. where there's always supplies on the shelf. There's always like, maybe there'd be a Mongol record or something on mm-hmm. the other side. It's the same tent. I don't necessarily enjoy investigating and exploring the camps. I like finding different strategies and ways of killing my way through mm-hmm. them, whether I'm doing standoffs, going in swords blazing or stealth killing and dishonoring my father, you know, I'm used to that these days, (laughs) but it's, you know, you have a game like The Last of Us or uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, like certain Assassin's Creed games where exploring the camps is actually really interesting. Hmm. I just didn't find that part of of the exploration fascinating for me. Yeah. I don't really care about the lore that I'm picking up half the time, to be honest. It's more about the task than it is like exploring it. It's just like getting that camp done so that it unlocks more of your map. Yeah. It does like the, the Ubisoft, um, breath of the wild thing where you hit an area and expands and you can see more of the map and like Mm. regions become known to you and you're like okay cool don't get it twisted this game does not reinvent the wheel for open world games whatsoever but in the vein of most sony exclusives it does it very well right yeah i think when you're looking at sony as a triple a developer well publisher triple a publisher with these studios that are doing these open world games in the past like three years like horizon zero dawn spider-man God of War to an extent, because it's like a closed-circuited open world, Days Gone. You have a lot of the same open world formulas. Days Gone was very much open world the game, and it felt kind of bland in ways. Right. This doesn't reinvent the wheel, but it does everything it does exceptionally well. I'll never say it feels bland. Yeah. like It I, does not feel bland. I think it's amazing, and it's, a part of it's the art design. A part yeah. of it is like the oh, fact that like stunning. every kind of uh, visa that you go through feels like a moving painting. It, it comes down to, and then you can appreciate it through mm-hmm. the most robust photo mode that oh I've God. seen in gaming. <laughs> uh, I've been taking amazing shots mm-hmm. and just looking at amazing things, and that's been a lot of fucking fun. I think half of my playtime has literally been like just in photo mode. Yeah. Like just angling through like, photos, hitting the cinema bars, doing whatever, getting <laughs> the aperture right yeah, yeah, yeah um it's it's great and i i do like the way it intros you to the world because it's very much Jin's world you know it's not a fish out of water story this is your world it's being invaded by mongols you have to save it you have to take it back you have to rally the people of the shushima islands and take back your castles take back your land and drive the invaders out and it's it's very much driven by 
by Jin, his legacy, uh, the plight of his people. And I think that's, that's interesting. It's really interesting. And you're going to these areas where they know of him. They know of his family. You're going to places he's visited. You go to these spots where at a first glance, it's new to you, but you might hit a flashback sequence for him where he's like, Oh yeah, I did this with my uncle or we did something here or he has a comment about it. It's just, it's interesting the way that he's so deeply embedded in the world and we're seeing it through his eyes for the first time. And I think that merging and the way they do it is, is well done. Mm -hmm. Very well done. Yeah. It, it is a very, again, it's just an interesting open world, right? A lot of the tasks that you have to do are the same thing. It's the same, like, I got to go bow to a shrine. I got to go chase a Fox to go find the shrine. Mm -hmm. I got to pick up some more short sword chiefs and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. It it gets samey, but it is, Oh, so so it's underlined by the fact that it has amazing combat and amazing exploration. I think mm. the combat's really good, actually. Yeah. It opens way up at a certain point when you get the different sword stances, mm. because interestingly enough, different enemies need different tactics to take down, and you will face a variety of different enemies in the same fight. So this guy has a shield, so mm. that's I need to use the water stance for that. Mm. This guy's got a fucking spear. I need to use a wind dance. Mm. Wind <laughs> wind yeah. stands for it and you got to switch between them on the fly so it makes it really engaging mm-hmm. um it's there's not... a fluidity to it too. exactly the yeah way they map it to like the what is it the right r2 actually yeah 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 i actually like the mapping in this game i was like this feels really good i like how much like fucking play r2 gets like throughout the title it does get a lot of play it's your action button for the most part <laughs> it's the button man yeah. it's, it's like hey that finger's it. always gonna pull i'm pull my, right. my, that finger's ready to go man ready to go. that's my devil trigger that's <laughs> devil trigger yeah the combat is uh surprisingly grown on me i was pretty i don't, I don't think i was unfair to it uh, on our last episode that we talked about it because i said it was kind of you said it sucked farts out of your asshole i said it blew farts into my asshole gotcha yeah different that's dangerous yeah it is air bubbles in your blood are not good (laughs) embolism (laughs) embolism yeah medical words (laughs) i i thought it just felt kind of boilerplate like i my comment was the combat didn't really have much crunch to it not much Mm. feedback the lack of a camera lock on and how floaty it was kind of threw me off right I think as you grow with it, you develop different fighting stances and styles and your trees open up. It becomes more fluid. It becomes more natural and second nature. And then the variance of play is so high because you can choose to go in, like I said, swords blazing, or you could stealth kill your way through entire areas. I got to say the stealth makes you feel like a goddamn like pro. Mm -hmm. Like I feel great in the stealth. It reminds me of Batman stealth. Oh yeah. uh, To an extent. And Although I've seen some weird things where like the AI is really dumb about shit, like like you know guards like literally staring at a wall mm-hmm. waiting for me to stab them. Yeah, I'm like what what are you? What, I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> what yeah. are you guarding, dude? It doesn't feel as intuitive as say like The Last of Us Part Two. That's the most yeah. recent game I played with a really strong AI system where it's like they they're on their their closed circuited track. You can see the invisible circle they're walking, but they're not going to stare at a wall for thirty seconds. Yes, yeah. you know. Yeah. They don't, they don't just open up op- opportunities for you to stab no. them to death 15 times. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, it's like, I, I like that um, you, it feels fast, first mm. of all. It feels so easy to traverse, like, up and down. I think Assassin's Creed had problems with, like, figuring out how to get people to move on the ground versus, like, you know, on a building, on top of a building. Mm-hmm. So, like, they did the whole, like, hold R2 to do this to parkour and stuff. Whereas yeah. this game just kind of figures it out by making yeah. it like doing a lot of it for you. Mm-hmm. So making you just feel like all I have to focus on is 
I need to get these two guys dead right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I could jump on top of a tent, hide in some grass, mm-hmm. throw some darts. It's like it lets you do all of these things very seamlessly. Kill them from the distance with my longbow. Set them on fire with yeah. my shortbow. Or poison them and have them attack each other. Like it's yeah. so interesting like the way you can choose to approach a fight every time. Yeah. And so that's a very that's a very far cry yeah. thing to do where it's like here's a fort. Although it's the same thing, you got to kill everyone in the fort. Mm-hmm. Do it as you will. But the interesting thing about this that Chelsea told me and a few other people have led on to is that the more you stealth kill and act as the ghost in the world, the more it affects the way you're perceived in the world and it affects the weather as well. It's really bad right now for me. Yeah. It's thundering all yep. of the fucking time because I stealth all of the time. It's just, they make it so fun. They make I it so easy. I typically don't like stealth killing Dude, I have I have a fucking chain kill where I, mm-hmm. I can assassinate three targets in a row yeah. by pressing triangle. Mm-hmm. Like, I am maxed out right now. I'm in the end game. I'm pretty sure I'm going to fucking platinum that game tonight if I give it, like, you know, oh, wow. the old elbow grease. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm close. It's a pretty quick platinum from what I've seen people do. I've seen people do it in, like, two, three days. Yeah. Most people platinum it the first week it was out. I think we probably would have put more legwork into it, but we've just been in weird headspaces. I definitely had a bad week. Yeah. We, <laughs> we had, had bad weird, week. bad weeks. We're, yeah. I don't know what's going on. We need to just decompress. I had to do other walk. shit. Like, I had to watch, yeah. like, TV shows. I had to read, read a yeah. book. I had to just chill because I was, like overly tired this week Mm -hmm. and yeah like going into ghost as cathartic as some of it is Mm -hmm. it felt like a chore because i was just like okay i got like four forts and i got like you know Mm -hmm. all these question marks on the map and i just got kind of like let me put this down when i'm in the right headspace because this game is so good to to like to force through it in a bad headspace yeah feels like dumb for me right yeah you want to give it a fair shake i feel like i've i've cast aside a lot of games like that where i just wasn't in the right space for it and then didn't give it a full chance and i i want to give this a full chance um, because it's good and I want to savor it, not because you know the next game that comes out is Tony Hawk and we're in a dry season. That's but, September. What's yeah. in August? I don't know. There's nothing in August, right? Uh, this is perfect. No, no, no. I'm excited. Yeah. Backlog. Yakuza, I can finally finish. Mm-hmm. And Dark Souls 3, I, I feel committed to the idea. I might of actually play more Dark Souls 3. What? I'm thinking about a really fucking hard. You got to learn a lot of magic. I will do what I need to. I'll <laughs> use a guide. To be honest, covers. like, I will not care about using a guide yeah, no, to no, get through it. Um, for me, Ghost is an interesting journey. Uh, it's almost like a tale of two games for me. I've gone across many episodes to say open world games are kind of tired for me, right? The fact that everything needs to be an open world game gets kind of rote and exhausting after a while. The fact that like every game I have to think about the checklist, you know, all the things I have to do before I can progress to the next area it gets daunting after a while. And sometimes I want a leaner experience. This is definitely a leaner open world game. And yeah. I definitely think a lot of the the question marks and check mark stuff has held me back from doing the golden path because I cr- I probably could have burned through the story like in a few days like the main story because it's pretty quick it is pretty quick um, but um I will say some of the side quests that you go on I enjoy more than the golden path to be honest exactly. some of the characters you meet like Masako mm-hmm. who's looking for revenge for her family yes. or um Sensei yeah. yeah Sensei Ishiwaka I think Ishi- oh sorry Ishiwaka I probably got that wrong um <laughs> <laughs> like he teaches you the way of the bow and stuff and yeah. like their own stories and the fables that they kind of like impart on Jin are so interesting mm-hmm. or or the warrior monk Norio has oh, like one of my favorite arcs in that game yeah where I'm just like fuck yeah dude and some of them are sad some of them are sweet mm-hmm. all of them are just like yo this makes this game more so than the actual plot yeah some <laughs> of it it comes down to like hey you're literally tracking people you're going to a mongol camp you're killing your way yeah like a lot of the tales are like quest one of nine and you're doing some of the same things with 
throughout them. But I think kill the, some stuff, follow some guys. Yeah, basically. Oh no, <laughs> that person's not here. We have to carry that on to the next tale in the next region. The quest with Ishikawa, those are those are super duper interesting, and I. I like it because you're literally chasing his student and you get his side of the story. But then over time, there's always a twist where it's like yeah. the person that you're given the quest by might not, not might not be telling the whole story. Mm-hmm. And it's that's pretty fascinating. Too. I love that. shit. Yeah, I know. I'm super invested in the in the side quests and the, the like the, the lore of those, how it builds out the world. The musician tales are really interesting mm-hmm. um, in terms of like some of the duels that they lead you to. I like the duels in this game. Yeah. Oh, They're fucking my great. God. They got the feel right. Yeah. They got it right, right? I, I like that they do this thing, too, where it's like you hit a certain point. Like, the story's divided into acts one, two, and three. And you roll through act one. And then when you hit act two and you go back to certain spots in part in the first area, that's in act one, you're introduced to new enemies. Or you're being hunted by, like, Ronin straw hats. And then you have duels that you have to face with them. And it's just, like, it creates, like, a different feel for these areas that you grew familiar with and kind of has has you rethinking the way that you go through it. Right. Which is pretty neat. God, it's so good. Yeah. I, I think so. I love this game. And I think I had to remind myself that this is from the studio that did Infamous. Mm-hmm. Infamous is great, sure. dude. And like, it's not a huge leap to think that a, a studio that does open world games could make a good open world game yeah. again. But this feels like such a huge upscaling for them. It's a glow it, up. It, it feels very close to how what happened to uh, Guerrilla Games. Mm-hmm. Went from Kill Zone to Horizon, where it's just like, wait a second, <laughs> this is a big boy you got here. It's like you almost wish that they never had to make another pre-whatever game. Like, mm. you know, never make another Kill Zone, just make Horizon now. Never make another Sucker. <laughs> n- never make another Infamous, just keep making Ghost of Tsushima games, you know? Yeah, I, I think um, I want to see another Ghost out of the studio. I think this is like, they definitely hit pay dirt yeah, with this. There's a franchise here. There's a franchise here. This is this is definitely something where I'm like, I you've done you've such a good job that I want to come back to it. Yeah. I want to return to this universe. I want to return to like what what Jin's got going on. Mm-hmm. I want to return to this this feeling that they've evoked, which is just like, yeah, dude, I am in feudal Japan. I, I I'm here with it. <laughs> like you you did it right. It's interesting. They almost did a better job at capturing that historical geographic feel of of a set and in, in place and time that that mouthfeel of, of mongol written japan more than like ubisoft does sometimes with some of their games yeah which is p- weird i saw an article saying like <laughs> ghost of tsushima proves that ubisoft can do an assassin's creed japan and i said too late yeah it's already been done it, and it's it, been done in a completely different competent way i feel like it's it's just gonna feel derivative or yeah. I don't, just don't do it mm-hmm. like let sucker punch have of that yeah they this did is their moment in the sun. Like, let them enjoy yeah. it. Let them bask in it. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that from them. But I will say that actually has taken the wind out of my goddamn sails. No pun intended. For Assassin's Creed Valhalla, mm. like this game has, where I'm just like, I feel like I got my historical open world game for the year, y'all. Ah, Viking seems way, or sorry, Valhalla seems like way less in, uh, incentivizing to me right now. Yeah, I think it's gonna. They're different open world games too. Yeah, they're gonna have different feels and and whatnot. I. I don't know, maybe. Odyssey was so good, but I know this is a different team working on Valhalla. And I'm just like, "Ah, Sony did it. (laughs) Sony did it for me. I'm sorry. There's other games coming around launch period that I'm probably going to want to play, especially Mm -hmm. if Yakuza 7 comes out. Oh, yeah. I don't want to go fucking nuts on that game. Or Spider-Man. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm set, dude. Like, Assassin's Creed, yeah, you know, I'll pick it up. I I got the gamer Mm -hmm. sickness, right? (laughs) I pick up games that I play for 10 minutes. Yep. Forever. (laughs) But it'll be fine. But this game, fuck yeah. It's... 
it's truly I love this game. it's truly a joy to sit down with every time like i don't feel labored by it and when i do i always feel like i like i can sit down with it for like an hour like just kind of peck away at some camps some side questy stuff and do the cool. bamboo strikes do the bamboo i strikes. love the bamboo oh my strikes God. the best dude. like rhythm mini game god damn give me a thousand of those it's give me so more fun. of those and less of the shinari shrine shines or whatever. i like the shinari shines they're fine but yeah. they're not there's no real game to it you know like i, I feel like you gotta get good at the, <laughs> at the bamboo strikes it's yeah. great yeah following this fucking fox i don't know how he's making the leaps that he's making I like that stuff that it does too, where it's like you have the foxes you follow, or the butterflies, like the golden, or the, actually, sorry, the golden birds, golden that kind of yep. like lead you to areas that you haven't been to yet. Yeah, yeah. Super interesting, super handholdy, but it speaks to the way that this game handles its open world, which I actually really, really applaud. This isn't a super laborious open world game. It's not daunting. It's meant to be accessible and quick to get you from one thing to the next like it's very compact it's very compact like we talked about last episode that like it's not bogged down by like five second animations like games like red dead for like opening up a drawer picking up an item putting on on your person literally you fucking walk by a thing you rip it off like you walk by a tree you rip the bark off with r2 without a second thought you can do it on your horse whole game gets to the goddamn point you can do it while climbing so it's just like it's really optimized for player experience and i think that's really cool because like some of that stuff while i appreciate the the time that the developers put into making those things happen sometimes it, it slows down the experience you know yeah no, it, it does. And it's one of those things, especially in an open world game where you're going to commit to those same actions hundreds a of lot. times. Yeah. Make it easy on me, doggy dog. Yeah. Like, make it easy. I especially like how fast travel is very fast in this game. Oh, yeah. Two second load times. And then you're there. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, every, like literally every time my experience has been. <laughs> you count it. I, I well, I, I see the load screen, pull out my phone, think I can go to Twitter, yeah. and then I look up and it's just like, oh shit, I'm there. Fuck, put my phone down. I'm yeah. like, I guess I shouldn't have even done anything. No. <laughs> yeah, really long good. gone are the days of Skyrim load screens where you're waiting for three minutes. Uh, Todd will bring those back for PS5 <laughs> somehow. It's fascinating though to kind of see like this is probably the promise of um, I forget no. what it's called for PS5, but just how quickly games will load. Solid state drive. Solid state drive. There we that, go. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's just the optimization of the drive. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's gonna be super quick. Yeah. Like just like you're there. Yeah. And I I believe in it. I believe in the future. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention to the games more. No more will I look to a different screen. Mm. I will only look at Jin's ass from now on because <laughs> it loads quickly. It's good ass. and firmly. That's Shushima's ass right there. That's Shushima's ass. I, I want, like, actually a meme, like, you know, the Captain America they meme did it. from... Oh, did they really? Yeah, I got to Oh, you. my God. Actually, it's Captain America, like, just standing over the, 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 the onsen uh-huh. and going, that's Shushima's ass right there. <laughs> I love that. It's very good. That's so good. Um, trying to think of, like, what else I really, really enjoy about it, like... Uh, the duels they all feel really unique uh really lore ridden the combat's really good obviously um i like my horse the, yeah he I shows love, up anywhere you need him sora yeah is yours kage is mine kage. it feels very breath of the wildy where it's like you hit that what left button on the d-pad and it's there immediately yeah it's so good that's amazing yeah. why why make me wait 10 years for my horse or, yeah. or make me lose my horse like in red dead oh yeah fuck that shit remember he's like that horse is too far <laughs> <laughs> he can't hear you god damn it arthur <laughs> fucking hated that yeah it gets a little little cumbersome for sure but this game again it's like optimized for player driven experience like it wants you to just go you know go do see see everything that they coded into the game and you know what it does one of those things where it's like it doesn't have like revolutionary platforming but it's good enough to be fun kind of like how horizon did it where it's just like yeah okay i, I see that there's little fucking like uh slashes in the uh mm, stone so i yeah. know to climb it 
but it's good and it's always rewarding and the grappling hook makes it like that was the zinger i say once you get the grappling hook it opens up and it's way more it fun. feels awesome <laughs> and actually the way you can reconfigure your brain for combat with that too like hmm. fucking like going onto a, t- a guard tower stealth killing a guard dropping down <laughs> she's giving such a look she has such a look she's in her fucking moment right now <laughs> okay little baby <laughs> All right, go to bed. But the way it just changes your approach for combat, like in stealth situations where I drop down from a, a guard tower, kill a dude, and then I'm like, okay, I see it like a kind of pole that I can swing from. Swing, swing, drop down on a dude. So now good. I'm in the camp. Now everybody knows I'm here. Stand off, kill, go from hit to hit. The it's whole just, game's really snappy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love how snappy it is. I love like they, the fucking um, uh, archery, amazingly done. I I. I really like the combat. I know what you're saying about like it's lack of crunch, but I really like the variety where it's just like mm. sword guy, spear guy, sealed guy, and like going yeah. around all at once. I love that shit. And then I can just throw, hey, by the way, I'm the Green Goblin. Here's a fucking explosive, <laughs> and it blows up yeah. everyone. That shit's great. No, dude. it's 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 definitely like it's hard to judge the combat in the yeah. opening hours. Definitely because yeah, yeah, like yeah, you it's... don't know what it's going to be until the very end, mm-hmm. really, until you hit all the like the leveling trees for your stances and you could do fucking like stagger attacks that like really knock enemies back or, or you get these fucking um suits of armor that give you different perks oh like, yeah installed like you know when you do the enemy takedowns mm-hmm. if you get the sakai suit you can keep on stacking so originally it's just like if you fully upgrade you can do three takedowns in a row if you yeah. time it right you can do up to five with the suit which if you upgrade really cool. it, which is fucking great, where you're just slaughtering literally everyone you see. And everyone, they have a chance to get so scared that they refuse to fight the ghost. Yep. I love that. I love the whole ghost thing, too. Right? Like, he leans into something that's more than a samurai. Yeah. Because that this is what the times need right now. The Mongols are invading and the old ways are not mm-hmm. working because we will die. And that is kind of the crossroad mm-hmm. of Jin's story that I actually really enjoy. Yeah. Right? A lot of the main plot is cookie cutter. It is. Very to the point. Very, really like, thin. no nuance and very much like, yeah, I predict that that's going to happen. Yeah, like, I understand that's going to... Yeah, you know? I, I said this yesterday. I don't I don't think that the, the main story pulls any huge punches for me. I think maybe the opening hour is really crazy because you're being introduced to the world and you're like, holy shit, that Mongol just fucking beheaded a dude. <laughs> that was awesome. That's crazy. And the way it like kind of puts you back and forth between like the cinematic and being the player. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the story is kind of cookie cutter. I think there's an interesting... Okay, God, I'm going to get flack for this. I don't Uh-oh. think... I, I'm not super compelled by Jin's story all the way through because of like how boilerplate I feel it is. But I think seeing him struggle with who he is and how he needs to adapt to take back his world is really interesting. Right. Like seeing like the interplay of him going against like his father's and his uncle's teaching to be the ghost. And then how people respond to it where it's like, you got to help out Norio and the monks. And they're like, you're the ghost. Like we should be afraid of you. And you're like, no, no, I'm here for you guys. We're all in this together. We're going to take back the land. And I think that's really compelling. And through this story mechanism, we are back to telling an open world story about a vigilante, just like infamous. Yep. God damn it. Sucker punch. (laughs) I love that. It's their brand. Jin is a fucking vigilante of his times. And it's so cool to have that unfold. That's what makes him Mm -hmm. the ghost. Right. Uh, I would say that the, the characters are stronger than the storytelling. That's what yes. works for me. The characters yeah. work so much more. Yuna works. Taka. Uh, even Shimura, Shimura, how he's just like, I want you to be my son. And then he gets really sad yeah. when he does stuff like poison mongols. Yep. <laughs> I love it. It's really well done. There is an incredibly interesting, it's a small story, but like when you go back to like, uh, I think it's Omi to get the Sakai armor and you meet uh, Lord, what's his father's name? 
It's it's not Lord Shimura because that's the uncle, right? His uncle is his father was Sakai, but I forget what his first name okay. was. Okay, but it's interesting. You go back to Ami, you go back to like where cl- Clan Sakai is, and you meet um this caretaker that took care of like not only Jin but Jin's father, and she's going through dementia. Oh, that's right. And that story's so interesting and heartbreaking. It just reminds me of like the sort of color that Guerrilla Games put into some of their side quests, where it's like right. these are deep side quests. You don't want to miss these. These are people. Yeah, they're very much people stories. Yeah, they're, and they're, they're heartbreaking in their mm-hmm. doses. Like when when I think of uh there's two side quests in Horizon that are super compelling. One that deals with mental health, uh schizophrenia specifically, and then one deal- that deals with addiction and I'm just like in this post-apocalyptic dinosaur game, how? But they make it work. Mm-hmm. And this it feels more tailored to the world because it's not a super extravagant fantasy world. It's, you know, it feels rooted and realistic and grounded, and it's sad because like she calls him, spoilers, but she calls him, like, his father's name and right. confuses him. And it's just like, I've seen this happen. This has happened to me, people I know. And it's just, I don't know, it's it's grounded in reality and it's super gripping. And I like when they hit those those beats. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's where it shines the most for me, really. Yeah, it grounds it for me. Yeah. I really love exploring, talking to people, and doing those side quests. Yeah. They've been some of my favorite parts of the fucking game so far. Mm-hmm. I I think this is an achievement for this studio. Oh, yeah. I want to see them keep on cashing this in, man. Keep on keeping on. I wouldn't be mad if they just were like, hey, the DLC drop for this game is going to be like more side quests or mm-hmm. something like that. I would be totally into that. I would be like, yeah, I'm there day one. Yeah. I'm there day one for that shit. Because this game is, one, fun as fuck to play. Mm-hmm. Two dynamic enough to keep me invested in its world yeah like that that is the open world combination if you fail on either one of those fronts it just becomes uh monotonous right Mm -hmm. this game has not been monotonous for me no it's it's been a joy to sit down with every time i sat down with it yeah some things that like i said some open worlds i feel super daunted with some i'm actually thrilled to go with back into like when i think of um games like fallout and skyrim yeah like i'm excited to get in there and be that version of, of the character that I chose to be in that world and interact with characters in my own way, be good, be bad, you know. I disagree. And You'll be who Todd wants you to be. He's the puppet master. <laughs> he's, he's the true <laughs> puppet master. As Fallout 76 has, has, has proven. Um, I'll play some of that again, but we don't have to get into that. I had fun. Yeah? I had fun. Yeah, you and Chelsea seem like you were vibing on it. <laughs> we were having fun. Beer champions back at the helm. <laughs> <laughs> it's chaos um <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see where sucker punch kind of goes with this this franchise moving forward yeah i'm sure we're we're well off from a sequel uh, we don't even know where the game ends really because we haven't beat it yet i haven't made it yet no. talked to all us about this game didn't mm-hmm. even beat it we're like we're like those idiots on metacritic <laughs> just bombing the scores but I give it a ten. No, I don't know. I mean, it's it's it gets high praise. It has a lot of polish, and I think it, it will definitely stand within the the pantheon of great Sony exclusives. Um, but it's, it's just like, how do you move forward with the franchise? It's next gen. How do you make it feel like something new, not right. derivative of itself? That actually, you know? that's a good point. That's the sad thing about this coming out so late in yeah. the console generation. It's going to be a while before we get a sequel. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a couple of years before yeah. Part Two comes out. So it's just like, god damn it. But I would love to see this universe. On PS5. Oh, for sure. Or on Xbox Game Pass. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> How'd you do it? I don't understand it at all. Listen, Phil's out there making deals happen. He's a Crazy mastermind. Son of a bitch. I want to drink with that guy. I do too. Hang what do you out think he him. drinks? Uh, I think he's a whiskey man. Mm. I think he needs it smoky. Okay. <laughs> for sure, right? And, you know, he, he logs in the Halo. A little, <laughs> little slosh. You know I think I mean? he only drinks green drinks. 
He only drinks green juice, yeah. so Mountain Dew. Like apple teenies and absinthe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking monsters. Yeah. Left and right. No, he can't drink monster ever since Death Stranding came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's against Brandon Vault, now. though. Vault is green. He can bring back the vault. Bring back vault. Vault will really fuck up your teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll take your teeth. <laughs> what What did they do? Uh, I don't uh, know if it was vault or just soda in general, but they put like something simple like a piece of copper in it, and it like completely corroded it. I think it was just Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> I watched somebody put a car battery in Pepsi and, and watched <laughs> how like dissolved it, it over time. It, it didn't dissolve the battery, but it had like rust all over the fucking battery. Mm. The rust was gone. Like it just cleaned it of rust. And it was like, if it could do that to rust, I wonder what it does inside of you. I must wish it was cleaning out my insides, but it's not. <laughs> Nothing's cleaning out those insides. Nope. No, Nothing but plaque from head to toe and me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so as with every episode, mm. I must ask. Sure. What have the video games done to you? (laughs) (laughs) That's the point of the saving plays, right? We got to figure out what are these games doing to us? Oh. What have these done? I, I guess I hadn't considered the new thesis of save room plays. Yeah. This is kind of a new idea that we've been playing with. It's a living document. Since uh, the year started when we, yeah. we, we kind of split up our, our format. How, how, what is 2020 gaming for you right now, Daniel? 2020 in terms of gaming and kind of 2020 so far uh, has been really fascinating. It's been a mixed bag of games, you know. Games like Animal Crossing came out and took me by surprise and by storm and charmed the hell out of me and became the sort of like peaceful paradise in the time of Corona where life was stressful outside of my front door. But, mm. you know, I, I hit the, that nook, that nook Island stretch that's reserved just for me and my, my friends, Buck and co. And I love it. Um, Buck and, co. and then you have, you know, games like doom that came out, doom eternal, mm, high octane first person shooter, which was like really like visceral and intense and awesome and driven, you have your Resident Evil 3 remake, which, you know, didn't really reinvent the remake cycle, but definitely was an interesting follow-up to 2. And then you have these hard hitters that came out. You know, back-to-back, we had Final Fantasy VII Remake, The Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima. Like, it's been a fascinating year. Hellpoint. Like, Hellpoint. You know, let's not undersell <laughs> Hellpoint. Uh, Streets of Rage 4, which we didn't really talk about too much. But not really, like, no. It's, it's been an interesting, varied year, and I love, it's kind of like you said, I love seeing the end of a console span, because that's when you get some of the most interesting stuff. Yeah, I gotta say. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's been some strange times, right? I feel like I'm I'm digging through histories that weren't my own, mm-hmm. uh, the legacy of the Yakuza franchise. Yeah. Um, but going back and appreciating them and trying to put my, my head in the space mm-hmm. of like, where, what, how would I have felt if I played these on PS3 when they first came out, mm-hmm. right? With these remasters and such. And then like these new heavy hitters, I feel like we're getting some of, um, we're getting like these great gaming experiences and they get better and better and the world gets worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And that's a weird juxtaposition. It's like even some of the content of the games refers to a world before before our current state. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder these things going forward, going like, well, this is unequivocally going to change games going forward. I asked Chelsea a question. I was like, so Yakuza mm-hmm. is technically the real world. It's not a fantasy world, no. right? And it does take inspiration from real world events. Mm-hmm. Like um, after the SARS outbreak, they show people like wearing masks in Japan and stuff in part four and part mm-hmm. five. And I'm just like, so are we going to, I asked her, are we going to see a Yakuza game that's like people are wearing masks or the plot line revolves around the fact that like people are in quarantine in that city now? Mm-hmm. Because to continue to make games referring to the old world, maybe we'll feel like 
dishonest or disingenuous, especially if you say, this is 2021. It's like, no, that ain't. <laughs> People mm. are outside high-fiving each other. No, it isn't. I think we'll definitely get interesting takes on it. Mm. Maybe indie games, maybe like kind of visual novels. The AAA space will play with it differently, right? You think so? We've never had post-9-11 games that dealt with like direct 9-11 things, right? There's always like, okay, here's like a game that takes place in the the, the atmosphere of a terrorist attack, right? Inspired by events, but not the event. Was 9-11. Right, yeah. exactly. Same with the dollar flu event from The Division, where it's like, yes, there have been these sort of like antigen-driven viruses that have impacted people and created... Well, actually, that, that one's kind of unique. <laughs> Is it now? You know, I'm thinking pretty about, fucking close, yeah, isn't pretty, it? Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> well, you see, that was another weird thing this year. Playing yeah. even a game that was kind of disposable, in my opinion, yeah. despite my love of it, Resident Evil 3 Remake, mm-hmm. dealt with a viral outbreak. People were saying, like, we've never seen an outbreak like this. Infections and da 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 And it was eerie because it was just like, this sounds exactly like the news right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, the horror that we're playing with are these what-if scenarios that have kind of occurred. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, how is this going to affect games going? Or Death Stranding is a great example. Mm-hmm. People are just like, you're telling me a future where everyone lives in bunkers and relies on delivery people as the most essential workers? I don't see that being a thing. Literally, like, four months prior to COVID, <laughs> right. it was the truest thing, and we didn't even see it. It was right in front of us. So I'm just saying, like, are we going to get, like, you know, a couple games in the future, just like, oh, if it's GTA, uh, it's GTA in a quiet city, because a lot of people are social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's going to be interesting, right? Or maybe you just have, like, kind of dialogue that's written in by NPCs. Maybe they mention stuff like that. Yeah. You know, on the fly. Like, I think it's... That's the thing about gaming. It is so impressed upon by the human condition and things that we go through, right? To, like you said, to ignore it would almost be kind of dishonest. And I think that people are definitely going to want to pen experiences that that mimic what we've gone through whether it's the isolationism or you know not being able to see our friends or a like kind of a virus-stricken world or even maybe i don't know i it depends on how they do it but you know setting a game in the context of like historical upheaval in terms of like the riots and the civil unrest so like protests there's only some rioting let me tell you what exactly most of it's by the police Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I... Yeah, how is a game like Far Cry 6 going to feel? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When we're, call- when we're talking about, like, despots and stuff like that, where it's like, okay, are you Trump? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, exactly. Saying? Like, it's going to feel weird, right? Or you have these these studios that are saying, like, our games are inherently not political, and it's like, uh, okay, Call of Duty. Like, okay, buddy. How? Really? So we're, we're just having ideological warfare in those games? Exactly. I don't know what's going on there. I am interested to see how it is goes moving forward. I, there's a push and pull with it, right? I don't think... Because video games is... We use it for escapism, much like we use, you know, literature and movies and TV, get away mm-hmm. from the real world. And I remember the conversation before The Last of Us Part Two came out that was kind of like, is this game going to be exhausting? Is it going to be daunting? Is it going to be too bleak? considering the state right. of a virus ravaged world and yes and no it was but it's also more than just that you know now i i i would like to politely challenge the concept that video games are meant for escapism mm-hmm. i think video games allow us an opportunity to process things that we would not be able to in real life mm-hmm. otherwise yeah. um you look at games like that dragon cancer for instance, that's a very real subject matter of of a character who is sick and goes through a grieving process. Mm-hmm. Things that we would not experience otherwise. Yeah. 
And I think video games can give you that because it's like here, just like movies, here's another lens, here's another perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So I think video games might be a very powerful tool going forward to allow us some sort of catharsis to work through the fact that eventually this won't be a pandemic. And I don't mean because things will get back to normal. It's because Mm -hmm. a pandemic cannot remain a pandemic if it's our everyday. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta stop calling it a pandemic. If you're having a fucking forever storm, (laughs) that's just the weather, baby. That's just the weather. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like, yeah, it might be a thing where it's like, we're going to process through what we're going through as a society through a game one day it may not even realize that it, the content is like an allegory for it or, mm-hmm. or uh, drawing comparisons to it. Nah. It's going to be interesting. But this year, like this beginning of the year, this half of 2020, these are the last games to have been made before the world fall, fell apart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because like, <laughs> I think COVID you know? has definitely stifled um, yeah. the development process in so many ways, not even just in terms of like, you know shipping and manufacturing the physical part of it but getting developers together in the same room in a very cohesive workflow sort of way it's different you know and it's it's harder to get things done quicker through the pipeline so it's gonna take longer for games to come out it's gonna be a different process the writing's gonna be different the The way that things come together would be different maybe the way the games are piecemealed together would be different Mm -hmm. Mm. but i still think we get a lot more games going forward i feel like of all the industries gaming is going to be the one that kind of slows down maybe the least mm-hmm. where it's like we're going to see probably a lot less movies coming out because those yeah. are probably harder to do already happening yeah exactly but video games you can kind of still do remotely in a way you know right uh, unless it's maybe like a heavily mo-capped game but i think studios might take concessions where it's like okay well maybe we only need 10 people on the stage today we'll have like our producers and then like maybe two actors to just make this scene happen or they say hey you stay in your new york apartment uh nolan north we'll ship you the golf balls that you need to glue to your body (laughs) and film yourself in like with skype or whatever the fuck we shall see with that i think i would love to see what the save room plays conversation at the end of 2020 will look like because We've had literally like 10 years worth of history happen in seven months. It's insane. Welcome to August. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's August 2nd yeah. as we sit down yeah. and record this episode. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, it's been definitely a, a life changing year in so many different ways, but I like the way that our, our medium has been challenged and I'm, I'm excited to see it move forward in new boundless and interesting ways. And yeah, I, th- I think, our, I think our end of the year talk, like our game of the year plays and then like our news episode is gonna be super interesting as a retrospect as everything that happened yeah for sure yeah. oh my god <laughs> yeah, oh yeah i'm not excited yeah um <laughs> i guess i can kind of just put a bow on everything yeah, um yeah, play ghost of tsushima it fucks it's a great game it's good top commendations from you and me and having good things during hard times mm-hmm. helps you get by oh yeah very earnestly yeah and i like the conversations that are erupting around it too where it's like everywhere like volcanoes yeah little pimple geysers Ugh. can't stop them gross um we did do housekeeping at the front of the episode so here it is uh we are the save room uh the only podcast that's actually cake when you cut us open uh, you can find us at save room that's uh, good that's current you can find us at soundcloud.com slash save room show <laughs> spotify stitcher itunes google play Something. Something else. Something else. Something else. Under your shoe. There we are. There we are. We're gumshoes. <laughs> you can all also find us on um, Twitch, Kevin at twitch.tv slash the, the red, red herb. herb. Do you want to take that one again? Yeah. <laughs> you can find Kevin over at 
Twitch.tv slash The Red Herb. Does it I have new herbs for he you. He does. They're sick. They're much redder. Yes. Thank you, uh, friends of the show, Cthulhu Hoop, mm-hmm. for hooking that up with your artist friend. The artist friend is still setting up their stuff, but mm-hmm. a shout out will be coming down the pipeline. There we go. And you can find me over at Twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. Just playing a lot of Dark Souls. A lot of Dark Souls. Ah, Dark Souls. And just add us at Twitter, at Save Room Show. Yeah, um, dude. Talk to us. Talk to us. Send us your Ghost of Shishima uh, booty pic. <laughs> Send us that booty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's land this one. All righty, everybody. We appreciate your ears once again. Mm-hmm. And you shall see the return of the Save Room Boys. <laughs> the Save know. Room will return in. <laughs> this is the Save Room, the Winter Soldier. Oh, I like that. <laughs> we're, we're coming back with Save Room Civil War. <laughs> I'm Spider-Man. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing an ASMR he's, he's for Marvel. He's doing an ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, guys. Be well. Have a good night. And stay safe. <laughs>